Good evening. I'm Rick Cottam. Welcome to Your Maryland. On August 24, 1814, a British army of 3,000 men bore down upon the little Maryland village of Bladensburg. General Robert Ross and Admiral George Coburn planned to take Washington, and after they'd taken it, burn it. Bladensburg lay in their path. The 6,000 boisterous American militia, drawn up on the hills outside the town, had never experienced anything like what came next. First, the British sent rockets screaming over their heads, planting the first seeds of fear. Then came line after line of regulars, walking silently, eyes steady, bayonets fixed. These were Wellington's invincibles, the same men who had driven Napoleon out of Spain. After a few shots, the first American line melted away. Then the second, until only a narrow creek stood between the Redcoats and the nation's capital. As the British reached the stream and looked up, they found themselves confronting a hastily assembled third line. At its center was a handsome, prickly, 55-year-old sailor from Anne Arundel County. Joshua Barney had gone to sea at 12, thinking it would be more adventurous than working in a counting house. As a teenager, he'd fought and won naval battles in the Revolution. He'd been captured four times, exchanged three, and had managed to escape from England's infamous Old Mill Prison in Plymouth. After the war, he went back to commercial shipping. Later, when the United States again created a navy, officials offered him one of the first six captaincies. Barney turned it down because, he said, he wasn't ranked first or second. Partially out of peak, he enlisted in the French Navy. He sailed against the United States in the Quasi War and introduced Napoleon's younger brother to Baltimore's Betsy Patterson. On returning to the United States, he ran for Congress twice and lost both times. When war broke out with Great Britain in 1812, he volunteered. He was given command of a few gunboats and told to defend the Chesapeake. He did, boldly attacking larger British ships and causing so much trouble they chased his little fleet up the Patuxent and forced him to scuttle. Now, here he was on a hill near Bladensburg with 400 no-nonsense sailors, 100 marines, and five naval guns. And he was fighting mad. In front of him were the British, whose arrogance he vividly remembered from his days as a prisoner. Barney's guns drove them back, and his sailors charged, swinging their cutlasses and shouting, Board them! Board them! Someone spotted a sharpshooter behind a pile of rocks. Barney cheerfully aimed an 18-pounder himself, and when the smoke cleared, rocks and sharpshooter were gone. The battle might have gone differently had he gotten any help, but when the British regrouped and charged again, the American militia on either side ran away. His marines were shot down and the bayonets closed in. A grenadier shot his horse out from under him. A musket ball struck his thigh. Weak and bleeding, he ordered his men to leave. Only one lieutenant remained with him as the British crested their hill. It was a corporal from the 85th Regiment of Foot who found him. Before long, Barney was looking up at none other than General Ross and Admiral Coburn. Well, Admiral, he said to his naval adversary, you've got hold of me at last. Coburn answered warmly, do not let us speak of that, Commodore. I regret to see you in this state. The British commanders offered him an immediate parole and asked him where he'd like to be taken to have his wounds dressed. Barney suggested a nearby tavern and was carried there by a squad of redcoats and a surgeon. Coburn and Ross went on their way to Washington. The Battle of Bladensburg was over. It was a stinging defeat for an American army beaten by half its number. Cynics, noting the speed with which the Americans had run away, began calling it the Bladensburg Races. Coburn and Ross put the capital to the torch. It was an episode most Americans would like to forget, except for the heroic actions of one middle-aged sailor from Anne Arundel County.